Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. I want everyone listening to this podcast right Uh now Uh to chant along with me, Uh Hamumu, Halloween, Home, Horror, Hoedown, Hamumu. Halloween. No, no. Horror. No, stop. Hoedown Hamumu. You're gonna get us killed. Hoedown. Horror Hamumu Home Halloween. No. <laughs> no. See, this was gonna be a seance or something. We were gonna inadvertently start a seance. And cause everybody in England to be possessed. But now we can't because you said it in the wrong order. That's the old movie. Oh, yeah. What did we watch this week? We watched Incantation from 2022, a Taiwanese horror film. Yes. This movie takes place in two timelines, six years ago and today. Yes. And six years ago, our hero, Lee Ronan, was pregnant with her daughter. And today, her daughter is, of course, six. And she's going through all kinds of custody issues with her daughter because she's been locked up in some mental institutions in the meantime. Yeah. Maybe we should do just like a very brief summary of what is happening in the movie because then I think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about how they showed it and like what the movie was like. So in the in the six years ago timeline, Ronan, Yuan, and Dom go to Dom's family like home where they're doing this ritual and Ronan discovers that she's pregnant and the three of them are uh, pretty disrespectful of the whole family ritual that's going on. Well, because they have an ulterior motive for being there. They're the Ghostbusters. Yes. And so they're filming their spooky YouTube show or whatever. Yes. They're definitely representing like the younger generation that doesn't buy into the religious stories that they've been told. So they go into the Forbidden Tunnel, and spoilers, Dom is killed, and Yuan I think shortly after he gets killed. Does he get killed? I think afterwards, like, he drops out of the sky and lands on the ground. (gasps) Right, right. That's not healthy. No. And then Ronan gets away... But is like way messed up by the experience. Yeah. Which results in her just choosing to give her daughter up for adoption or, for, you know, put her daughter in foster care. So then six years later, she supposedly has gone through a bunch of therapy, has made herself all better, and is trying to gain regain custody of her daughter. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, her daughter can see the demon that is was yeah. the whole ritual was about in the first place the faceless baddie on the ceiling yeah 
And so like all of the things that Ronan thought she had overcome are happening again. And of course, nobody believes her when she says everyone who has anything to do with this video that was recorded as we went into the Forbidden Tunnel dies some kind of horrific death. While simultaneously, everyone connected to this video dies a horrific death. Um, and so like, that's, that's basically the story. Like that's all happening. And she's trying to protect her daughter from being one of the people who is killed. Well, and it, her daughter definitely is like the focal point of this issue. Something to do with her daughter was present Mm -hmm. at this stuff in her belly Mm -hmm. and didn't give her name to the deity they were worshiping, which Ronan did do. Oh, I didn't pick up on that piece. Yeah, but you're right. You gotta give her, give, yeah. yeah, give the mother Buddha your name, and then, and then never, never say your it. name again on that mountain. Yeah, you can only use the name that she gives you. Yeah, when you're in her presence. Which, when they were Ghostbusters, they just kept running around yelling their names, and that was a whole problem. Yeah. So, okay, with that being, like, the premise of the movie, like, then what do we have to say? What did you like, dislike, you know, what did you think of that? Solely, this was a found footage film. Mm, Mikey likes his found footage. But I want to say this was, like, one of the best uses of found footage I've ever seen in that I kept, like, forgetting it was found footage. It was just, like, well, (laughs) except... In the first half of the movie, they mentioned the camera about 700 times. And they kept, they kept like, trying to make it stop. They're like, stop filming. Why are you filming in here? And it was weird that they could have just skipped all that. But they did a lot of well, that. Well, it was, like, it was the lampshading piece, right? Yeah. It was like, we know this is found footage. We're explaining why we're doing it so that no one can be like, why are you doing it that yeah. way? But, um, but then when it's actually going on, like, it... Was filmed well, and yeah. it wasn't crazy, you know, running through the woods, can't tell what's happening kind of stuff. Yeah, you could tell what was going on, even when you, they were, like, in the tunnel, and it was mm-hmm. dark, and, the you know, people were running around. Also, there were very few, not none, but very few of those instances that happened in found footage films where you ha- where, where the characters have to put the camera down. Yeah. In a very convenient place <laughs> so that it's that. pointed exactly the right way to capture all of what happens next. Yeah. Um and that did happen a couple times but it wasn't it wasn't a lot and it wasn't super obvious and they didn't like fully frame the action which yeah. that's the part that always annoys me. It's <laughs> like sure, put the camera down and then I like can hear what's going on and half see it and yeah. I have to figure it out. Don't put the camera down and then like angle it exactly right for the spot where you're going to spontaneously have a fight with the demon in front of you. Yeah, definitely. And then part of the fun of the found footage is, let me tell you a little story. Okay. When I was young, maybe teenager, I would go to the library and get books because that's what you do when you're a teenager. In the 90s. And I once got this book, and I have no idea what it was called, But the premise of the book was that the actual book you're holding, the real one in the real world, is possessed by a demon or has a demon in it or whatever. And so, like, by reading the book, you're communicating with the demon. Wait a minute. Were you reading There's a Monster at the End of This Book? 
No, <laughs> I was not. This was a. This was a. I don't know if it was an adult fiction, but it was at least YA fiction. I'm just teasing. But that made me think of Grover, and yeah. there's a monster at the end of this book. Okay. But it's that kind of thing where, yes. like, you're reading it, and it's like it's got that kind of weird. Like it's interacting with you in that uh-huh. way, and it's like, oh no, you're reading this page now. It was interesting, though. It wasn't weird and stupid like it sounds. I don't actually remember if it was a good book or not, and I was a teenager, so I probably thought it was right. good when it wasn't. This movie does a thing like that in that this movie is the film she recorded, and she wants to show it to us because she wants us, and there's there's like a twist at the end about this, mm-hmm. she wants us to chant the thing that she's chanting um, to protect her daughter from the curse that's going on and there's several like parts to that that it's just kind of interesting like it really feels kind of real in that way like that she made this video for that reason Mm -hmm. and then at the end the twist is that it's kind of an evil reason that she's tricking us into doing this but it's not that evil it's like we all should share the burden well, okay, so that's, I think that's the main thing that I took away from this movie was that, so the, this ritual is a Buddhist ritual. I mean, I don't know if it's a real Buddhist ritual. Evil Buddhism. It's, it's not though, because there's no, okay, I'm going to preface this with the with saying that just like anything else we talk about, I don't know anything about anything. Yeah. I don't know anything about Buddhism. My understanding is that there really isn't concepts of good and evil Hmm. in Buddhism. There's like positive and negative things or or something like that, but like it's about balance, it's about the two sides and the one needs the other and all of that, which is very much in this movie. And the idea that this family was cursed, which sort of implies that there is some sense of evil. (laughs) I don't know. So clearly I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's teeth being ripped out of your face (laughs) and there's teeth not being ripped out of your face. Right. Two sides of the same coin. The one allows the other to be a concept we can understand. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So the whole idea of this family's ritual is that there is a curse and a blessing that they go together. Like the one is makes the other possible, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But that that the curse that they have is kind of like diluted down, or it can be diluted down if it's just the one person who is cursed. It's like really horrific. Yeah. But the more it gets spread around, the more people who carry the burden <laughs> of the curse, the easier it is to carry. And like that to me was the piece where like I'm going to be thinking about that. Yeah. Going forward. That's a thing. Because yeah. Like, it takes a village. Exactly. And like the whole idea of the, the point of capitalism is to like distill everything down to the individual. Well, not even that, but like all, all the good things, right? It's mm-hmm. the point of capitalism is I'm going to get all the good things and I'm going to hoard them all in this one basket over here. And this is my basket. Yeah. Right. Which is that same thing only with the blessing side and the th- what I got from this movie was that if you are distilling down the blessings to your benefit, then you're also distilling down the curse to your detriment. Yeah. Because they're one and the same or, you know, they're, they're connected. I don't know. It was, it definitely is going to make me think because 
that's the whole idea of like socialism, right? Yeah. Is that you share the workload, you share the blessings, and everyone gets an equal amount of everything. Yeah. Rather than this curse. I think that's kind of the idea. It's funny because at the end, you know, she basically reveals that, hey, I made this video so that all of you will will share this curse and we'll all be cursed a little bit. And it made me go, oh, that's global warming. You have (laughs) caused the world we live in now. Except it wouldn't have been because if everyone had been sharing the blessings and sharing the curse, it wouldn't have gotten to this point. Like that's the whole... It would have been very minor. Yes, that's the whole thing is like everyone would have had just like eh, a little bit of discomfort somewhere rather than... We're all dying now. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. And maybe that's not the point, but that's what I was taking away from it was that idea that if you try to avoid taking on your share of the negative side of the world while taking on too much of the positive side of the world, like you've thrown everything out of whack. Yeah. Another question that I had was when she was talking about being a bad mother. The sense that I got, and again, maybe I totally misread this and I was just putting my own spin on it. But the thing that I thought was, she says, I'm a bad mother because I truly wish you could open your eyes each day and be happy. And I was like, terrible. Like, that's, that's the sentence she said. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, why? And then I started thinking about the whole curse and blessing and all of that. And if you wish upon your child for them to be very happy, are you also wishing upon them to be very cursed? I don't know. Like, is that why she was saying she was a bad mother? Because she couldn't resist wanting her daughter to be happy. So therefore she was also by the nature of the world, wishing a curse upon her. Maybe. I don't know. Like, a spiky EKG versus a nice smooth one that Maybe? doesn't go too high or low. Maybe. I I don't know. Like I it was a really interesting concept though. And I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I feel like that piece, I would need to have a way better understanding of like Chinese culture and mm-hmm. specifically the religious beliefs that this family had and the people who were writing the story and everything. Like there's a lot of background information that would be needed in order to truly understand what the message of this movie is. Yeah. Or you could just be born there and you'd be fine. You'd know it all. Well, because they would have all the background knowledge. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just saying. Yes. It's, it's hard work for us. No, well, that, you should exactly. pity us is what I'm saying. They <laughs> oh have privilege. I, but really, like to say what you were saying in a less offensive way. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, our our having been born and raised and completely submerged in a capitalistic culture for our entire lives, going back so many generations, means that this movie to me is like full of foreign concepts. Yeah, it was that for I don't, sure. That I don't necessarily disagree with, but that I really struggle to understand because it involves divesting myself of everything that has been put in my brain since I was born. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's very, very foreign film, and it feels like it. There's a, just a lot in there that we don't know. Yeah. So anyway, that was me taking this movie like way too seriously. Now, they didn't just talk about getting curses along with blessings. There was also this idea that she mentioned many times about the more you understand this deity, 
mm. the more likely misfortune is for you, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing. Something I really enjoyed in this movie, which might be a problem for you. There was a very Lovecraftian tone to this entire film. There really was. <laughs> Forbidden knowledge that warps your mind and... You know, like, once you're exposed to this, you can't unknow it, and it's harming you. It was fun. There really (laughs) was. And what's interesting is the way it was presented in this movie, I saw it, but I didn't hate it the way I do in so many other Lovecraftian-style movies. You shouldn't hate it, because it's awesome. And I think part of it was that it felt... Maybe I could grasp onto it a little better just because it was kind of grounded in this like religious ritual kind of a way. It wasn't just the sky rips open and then, (laughs) you know, all of time and space is destroyed and there's an octopus in the sky. There's always an octopus in the sky. Always. And I don't like, my brain just cannot wrap around. You're telling me it's a vast emptiness and yet... There's an octopus in the sky. Like, I I don't know. I just have such a hard time with it. But with this, it was all of that, like, eldritch horror kind of things, but very grounded in, here are teeth on little red squares of fabric. And, you know, here are several bundles of hair ritually placed on a table. Mm. And, like, we have covered this statue that has all the arms with the different things like for some reason the surrealism of it was somehow connected enough to things that i understand that i could Mm -hmm. keep connecting to it and that's that grounded yes and lovecraftian stuff often the whole point is that you're like disconnecting from reality completely and becoming completely ungrounded and i don't like that. I get very uncomfortable. I really liked that in this movie where we spent the whole movie not quite understanding what was going on, especially early on. Mm-hmm. And the movie pushes that by having the different timelines. And it even jumps further. Like, it, it, it'll jump back like a week and, you know, show you something that just happened a mm-hmm. little while ago. And and so it's got this, you know, mysteries of the other world mm-hmm. that we're all getting enmeshed in and we're not really understanding, but it's solid enough and it comes together in the end and all makes sense so that you know that they thought it out and it makes sense. And it's not mm-hmm. just there's an ineffable monster beyond the stars that is coming for us. It's It all kind of made sense. And it was cool that it was such a confusing bunch of stuff at the beginning that comes together and makes sense in the end. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, and when you talk about the time jumps that happen, like there was nothing super obvious, like, like on the nose, obvious, like they weren't beating you over the head with a hammer each time it jumped where they were like, now we're in this time because this, Yeah, but they must've had enough of those subtle things because I was never confused about where we were in time. Yeah. And that's a real skill, I think, when it comes to writing a story or telling a story in general, but specifically telling a visual story, because you have to have the right visual clues, you have to maintain them, they have to make sense innately to your viewers. And this one made sense innately to me. Like, I wasn't thinking like, oh, okay, we're in the past now because this. I just knew. And the fact that they were able to do that, even though I'm not a native speaker of the language the story was told in, I don't have a deep 
innate understanding of the culture that the story came from, but somehow they were able to tell it in a way that I was not lost when things moved around, which is actually super impressive. Yeah, I like it. Speaking of the language the movie is told in, one fact that I came across when I was looking on IMDb, because I really wanted to know, like, does anyone have anything to say to help me understand, like, what did I just see? <laughs> they didn't. It was just a bunch of people having their regular random comments, and they don't know anything more they than we do. They don't know anything. Um, but there was, like, one or two trivia things, and one of the trivia things was that the main cast and the extras were speaking two different languages. Well, there were definitely parts in the movie where they'd go to these, you know, more backwoodsy people, the like the cult members, and they do their rituals and stuff, and they'd be speaking something Yunnan or something, and then and then the subtitles would actually say when it switched to our character speaking, it would say in English, blah blah blah, and it was not English, it was Mandarin, but you know, yeah, they switch back to the. The, the proper language of the film. Well, and so probably that was in the subtitles. It was trying to show the differentiation yeah. that there are two different languages going on here, but not having any understanding of either of those languages, yeah. I did would not have picked up on that. And so it was interesting that they, you know, there are two different languages going on there and I didn't know either of them. Nope. <laughs> Here's a little thing. The tunnels that they go into, the, the, Tunnel that has no phone signal and should not be entered. That's what it's called. That's what it's called? <laughs> well, that's what they said when they were driving there in the car. <laughs> I see. <laughs> because in quotes, it's the tunnel that should not be entered. It said that so many times that I'm sure uh-huh. that's like a specific short thing in Chinese. But Sure. There's a, a, you know. A concept. Right. It's, it, that is the, the name of it. Yeah. But in said tunnel, there were a bunch of mirrors set up and they'd be like blocking their path is this mirror they pull pull it aside and they'd see that oh there's a mirror on the other side of it too and then they had to make their way through and it reminded me of the night house where the backwards house was and how they had built the backwards house in order to trick a demon you know like that's that idea that it's like how witches will have to pick up all the sticks you drop in front mm-hmm. of them, you know? Demons have this different perception of the world. And so, like, in this case, they never explained this, but I, I got the impression that these mirrors were set up so that the demon couldn't find its way out of the maze. Wouldn't know. It couldn't tell the difference between the real path yeah. and the reflected path. Or maybe it, maybe it just automatically, like, travels into the mirror mm-hmm. side of things, too. I don't know. It's magic. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. I like that. Those kind of magical things, which, you know, might come straight from some common religious teaching there, but it made interesting mythology one way or the other. Sure, sure. There was a lot of very specific iconography in, in this movie, in, like you said, the mirrors, or, you know, I mentioned earlier the teeth, or the teeth came up a lot. Too much. Like... One of the things that would happen to people is they would just get like rows and rows of teeth coming in. Yeah. The hair, like there were, a, there was a lot of like ritual, you know, the ritual hair placement or hair falling out or people eating hair, mm-hmm. which seems to be a reoccurring like horror 
thing. That's true. In horror movies that come from certain cultures. This one, one of the ones that I really liked was the, you know, there were lots and lots of these statues and I don't, I don't know that they were Buddha statues, but maybe they were, or maybe they were all this like mother Buddha. And I don't know if mother Buddha is a real thing or was a thing that was created for this movie (laughs) or, you know, what, like, I don't know what level of real world mythology versus movie world mythology. You know, I don't know where the line is, but they had all these statues that would then turn, like they'd all be facing away and then suddenly they would all turn and they would all be facing toward the main character and like that was creepy in a it's like it doesn't sound creepy but it was super (laughs) creepy the way it was done silly yes nope was a great movie okay agreed incantation is a great horror movie I think that's an important difference because Nope is definitely really good and I really enjoyed it. But this is what I really want when I want to see a scary movie. This Uh movie was scary. I don't care what people say. It was. And it had everything I want. It was found footage. It had a gimmick, which this is my favorite. When they toy with the actual convention of the entire thing, the whole meta level. And they're like, this isn't just a movie. This is a thing that's trying to trick you into helping her. And at the Mm -hmm. end, you find out what's going on with that. That's awesome. And there was a little trick at the end that was part of that. I'm sure this is on purpose. At the very end, she had a staring at the incantation symbol. It was Mm. on a black background and it was just there and we were supposed to be chanting. And part of the fun of the chanting was she was like, it's okay if you just do it in your mind. Right. <laughs> so you're like, oh, I don't want to, but I am. It's subtitled. I have to read it. <laughs> but so you're staring at that for, I don't know, 10 seconds or something. And then it cuts to a white screen. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're seeing the negative image of the incantation everywhere you look. And it stays there for a little while. That was awesome it was that was like they're totally messing with you on a layer even beyond the meta layer like they're messing with reality (laughs) that was very cool and the whole movie was very cool and fun and scary and mysterious and just creepy throughout with like you're like, ew, why is she grabbing her hair like that? And what's happening? And just good, good time. I give this movie five pineapple chunks out of five because it's just a delight. It's close to a five plus, And if people wanted to read this as a five plus, I wouldn't be mad about it. Oh, my God. You got to be careful with the pluses. At this point, you're being so careful with them that they don't exist. I'm sure I've given them out before. Not this year. Whatever. Okay. Five. That's fair. That's fair. Five is fair. Okay. So your review made me think of two more things. That you hated. No, that were super like important to my understanding and appreciation of the movie. Like, first of all, that that negative uh, image thing that they did at the end. Like, they started with 
other optical illusions where like oh that's like right the, the ferris wheel that's spinning and in your brain you can make it spin uh-huh. forward or backwards and then there's a picture of a of a train moving through a tunnel and you can either make it move into the tunnel or come out of the tunnel and you know at the beginning i was like whatever because they're doing this and there's this voiceover i think it i think it ends up being the therapist who was mm. helping her who then yeah. ends up dying but the the voiceover is like you can change the direction of the Ferris wheel because you have control over the universe and reality and all of this. And my first note for the movie was optical illusion does not equal (laughs) mind control. Yeah. I'm like, eh, but then looking back at that with all, with everything the movie brought, I'm like, okay, I get what they're saying. And again, it sort of feels like it's tying into that balance of, curse or blessing it's sort of an optical illusion like Mm -hmm. it is what you make it be which then starts getting into territory which i think is a very valid and and deep held belief in buddhism but in american appropriation of buddhist beliefs has become (laughs) this like just think happy thoughts and everything will be okay and that makes me want to like throw up in my mouth right So that whole thing was also like, there were a lot of thoughts around that. And it really, like, it took that thing that, that I generally think of like, whatever, it's BS. It's, it's just happy washing the world to have this, like, you can control whether you're experiencing more positive or negative things. And I'm like, you know what? We are living in end stage capitalism as the world is dying around us. I have very little control over the experiences that I'm having. That's very true. Like, it makes me angry when people tell me that. And this movie moved me into, like, okay, I hear what they're saying, which is a whole other podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But so that was really interesting. The other thing is, as you bring up the pineapple chunks, Mm -hmm. that reminds me of a whole chunk, which is one of the more horrific pieces of the movie in that in order to save her daughter, yeah. she's told by these spiritualist people who yeah. are trying to help her that she cannot feed her daughter anything for seven days. It's pretty awful. It's child abuse. Yeah, like legitimately, definitely. like the first thing I thought was, oh, this woman just got custody of her child back. <laughs> like she cannot be starving her child for seven days. They're going to take this little girl away from her. Yeah. And she knew that even away from like, they'll take her away from me. She knew like, this is, this is an unrealistic expectation, Mm -hmm. but it turned out it had to happen. Like it was, it was a catch 22 that this mother was in where she knew she was doing something that was not good parenting that everyone would judge her for doing, but which really was good parenting because (laughs) getting the demon out of her daughter was I mean, it was that or she was going to die one way or the other, right? And so the the parenting aspect of this whole movie where just the the real world horror that she's going through in that she had to choose to give her daughter up and then she's trying to get her back and everyone is judging her and, you know, she has, she's dealing with all her stuff and then all of these other things that people don't believe that are happening, like... It just, it added a layer of realistic horror onto the surrealistic horror that just, I am with you on this. This was a brilliantly done movie. I loved it. Very clever. It was, 
accessible yet deep. Like I didn't find myself like my brain getting fuzzy and mushy because I was having <laughs> to think too much to yeah. figure it all out. But I was also very intrigued because there were so many new and interesting things to think about. I just, it was fascinating. I am going to, because I'm very liberal with these. Oh no. I am going to give this movie five plus pineapple chunks out of five because like when I think about the movies that we've watched in the past year or even in the whole time that we've been doing this podcast, this is definitely one of the top ones. And this is definitely one of the ones that I would recommend if people were like, I want to watch a really scary movie. Okay. I did give Nope a five plus. Did you? And you only gave it a five. Did I? I hope that's, <laughs> I hope I didn't put those backwards. No, you're know. probably right. And um, it just goes to show that I actually have no memory of anything that happened more than five minutes ago. And we both gave the menu a five plus. Okay. I mean... I You do what you want. Like, it's totally fine. Five is a very valid score. But... I have no complaints about this movie, and it it checks so many boxes. In fact, it checks boxes that I don't normally want to have checked, like the the Lovecraftian box or the <laughs> found footage box, where those oh, are not yay. my favorite kinds of movies. Yeah, they are. But this movie did those so well that I was like, yup. Uh, five plus from Mikey. Uh-huh. It's five plus. I, I knew Because it, it hits everything i want yeah. i love when they play with the medium and do something crazy and weird yeah and i love when there is newness like there's new new to me culture or understanding mm-hmm. or mythology or whatever that comes in where like i feel like watching this movie not that i understand not that i feel like i now i know things <laughs> But that I have been exposed to something, now I know I didn't know something. Which is, like, the first step. That is step one. So, five plus from both of us, then. So many pineapple chunks. Oh, I love pineapple chunks. So, next week we're going to watch some trash to counterbalance this. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. We'll see you then, everybody. Bye! Bye! Delightful. I am this delightful. I am this delightful. We're both pretty delightful. We're fun.